0: Hi everyone, I'm Riley Blanks, your hostess and the creator of Woke Beauty, a storytelling platform reimagining the everyday act of self-celebration for and by all women. This show brings you unfiltered conversations with a dynamic myriad of female visionaries who have developed personal success despite trauma and hardship by leaning into grit and discernment. We explore the messy, interwoven realities of mental health, holistic wellness, intricate family dynamics, racial complexity, and the exceptional discoveries that lead to fulfillment. This is our pledge to the power of resilience and the impact of perspective. Today's guest, Nikisha Riley, is honest, powerfully so. Where we see carefully curated essays and words placed with ever so delicate care, Nikisha breaks from this with her calls for black folks to be seen and heard and loved and wholly so. Founder of Fully Apothecary and a holistic education and wellness coach, Nikisha is not interested in trendy wellness fads or fashions, but things that truly make you feel good Make you smile big. Make you come back to your center. Holding an MA in education and a bachelor's in psychology, Nikisha counts herself as a teen mom who beat the statistics, as a woman of color on a path toward healing anxiety, and as one deeply feeling the journey along the way. She is so vibrantly open and unapologetic about her life and journey, and it's infectious. (laughs) We're recording. You comfortable? Yes. Do you need to pull that like toward you, or oh, it does? Okay. So you want this to be like three inches? You're like hello, <laughs> not that close. Like that, <laughs> like this close. Okay yeah does it feel weird no you kind of look a little bit you kind of look like you're getting your eyes checked
1: (laughs) is that yeah this is oh there you go there
0: we go now it's good look at that you look real comfy yeah hello Uh. hello it's about to start (laughs) you sound like a cartoon You know we're recording, right? Oh, no! You see that red? Oh. Oh. Oh, Okay. (laughs) Some of this is definitely getting used. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Let's dive in. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I love how we met. Um, I guess the first time we met was technically at Sinitra's birthday party. Yeah. And I, like, took her... um, (laughs) Like she asked for people to dress in one color, and I took that as like far as possible, and we're all red. Yep, the but lady in red. Red looks good on black people. You know? It does. <laughs> and
1: you looked ravishing that Thank night. Thank you. I was like, Who's
0: that lady in the red? I love red. It's my favorite color. That's honestly why I'm getting
1: into it. I'm white getting white. into it.
0: Yeah, we're getting into those bright colors.
1: Just red.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um yeah so I met you there but we didn't really connect until the art sale when we shared a rack together. Mm-hmm. Yeah and that was cool and I was honestly like ecstatic because I had been following you on Instagram Like before I even moved to Austin, and I was like, "Oh, Austin can be cool because she lives there, so maybe there are more people like her too." But no, there's only one person like you. So, but yeah, I (laughs) I was happy to meet you, and I was so taken aback by how you were exactly how I had imagined you. Like. It's rare to meet people that you've seen outside of reality, you know, mm-hmm. and they match the the non reality. The part, social you know I mean? media, yeah, the social personality media exactly. is totally different. Oh, I get it. So, girl. everyone listening, she is what you see. Thank you, Riley. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's been cool. It's been nice to be friends and now you're moving away, but I'll still see you cause LA's in my heart always. Yes. And um, you are
1: part of my tribe. So thanks girl. And we love to travel. Yes. And we traveled together. Yes,
0: we did. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> Maybe just briefly. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, okay. So let's just kick things off. I, I want to introduce you, but I want to start with what's at your center Like, what makes up the essence of Nikisha? And in getting to that, I want to ask you a question that I feel like people ask often, Mm -hmm. but I don't think your answer is common. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you get up in the morning, and why do you get up? What Mm -hmm. is your motivation? That's heavy.
1: (laughs) I will say love and purpose. and. I know it could sound raunchy, but really, like, if you you don't have a purpose, then what's the point? So my purpose revolves around love, loving on myself, loving on people that I come in contact with. That's what gets me up in the morning.
0: So love and purpose. Can yeah. you define those for yourself? I mean, I you know there's like a, an Oxford Dictionary you know, definition, <laughs> but what's, what's Nikisha's definition of love and purpose?
1: Um, love is giving somebody a safe space to be who they are and loving them unconditionally without expectation, something I'm still learning to do, something that my son, who's going to be 18 at the end of the month, um, has really helped to teach me because I feel like a lot of us, we have all these expectations around love and how we receive it and what we get from people. So definitely that and purpose because purpose gives you hope. It gives you a sense of who you are and, um, individuality, a uniqueness. Not everyone is meant to do the same thing. Not everyone's the same. So just knowing that it, I know it just puts a fire under your butt. It gives you a reason to be happy, to be alive, because you feel like I'm here for a reason. You're here for a reason. So part of also loving through purpose is nurturing people that you come across or that are in your life and nurturing yourself just to bring out the best. And I'm, I'm pretty obsessed with all of that stuff, so... I mean, I guess because it's what I want.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. You give and you get. Yep. Um, but love has let you down, right? Oh, my gosh. You had a, a recent life change, love change. Can you talk about that briefly?
1: Yeah. So I am recently divorced uh, from last year. My husband was amazing. He's still amazing. But, you know, due to personal reasons that have to do with personality issues on both our sides. Um, We just felt like it was better for us not to be married anymore. And then before my marriage, I have been in a lot of toxic, dysfunctional relationships with men who are unavailable emotionally and sometimes physically. (laughs) So,
0: yeah. Mm Mm-hmm damn those men.
1: <laughs> yeah, damn them. But it has I have not let it change my outlook on love and relationships because to me you only need one person and eventually I'll meet them. Yeah. They're out
0: there. They're somewhere. Maybe I already met them. Maybe I know them. Maybe I'm talking to you already. I don't know. <laughs> I once heard a really good quote actually by a doctor and it said that every single person that you engage with romantically is culminating into the person that you're meant to be with forever and so every person that you've been with you gained you gained even though even if you felt feel like you lost you gained because they taught you something they added something they might even taken away something yeah but all of that is going to tumble into whoever is meant to be your your person, you know? Yeah. If you believe in, in a forever. I do. I don't know if I, I always do, but <laughs> even though that's what I have, you know? Yeah.
1: I feel like I totally agree with what you just said because if I didn't go through those experiences with the good men, the crappy men, I wouldn't be who I am today. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like it's given me more than it's taken away, even though there has been really hurtful, like, I don't know how I'm going to get over this. I'm never going to get over this. I'm traumatized. Like, I don't think I'm going to heal for this. I'm forever heartbroken. But really, like, if you fight to stay positive and to just keep it moving and love on yourself in those times, you you get your hope back. You know? You get back out there. You get back up, you get back out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, girl. So, one of the ways you're going to evolve and move on is by completely changing your atmosphere Mm -hmm.
1: uh
0: so can you talk about that i'm not gonna be the one to to drop that
1: okay so for those of you who have been following me for a long time um i grew up in new york for in brooklyn for 27 years even though i was born in toronto And then I was in the D.C. area, DMV area for a year. And then I've been in Austin almost six years. So my marriage was basically in Austin. We bought a house. We renovated it. My son went to middle school, high school here. And now I'm ready to move to L.A. I'm ready to go back to a bigger city. Holla. Be around more black people, specifically black men.
0: Okay, so black people, black men. What else? What else is in LA waiting? for I you? love
1: everybody, but I just, I don't. You know. Um, also, <laughs> my agency is out there, so definitely more opportunity, more jobs. Um, what yeah, kinds just,
0: of jobs. Like, I mean, I know, I know, I know, but yeah. which ones? Or what realm are you looking forward to? Are you doing more acting, more modeling, more
1: health and partnering? wellness? Okay, so definitely more um, health and wellness collaborations with brands that align with my values because I'm into holistic health. So he- healing from the inside out, especially um, in within the Black community. And I'm also looking forward to working with teens from from lower. Um, socioeconomic backgrounds, which Doing are what? very prevalent, yeah. Um, just mentoring them and teaching them about holistic health. So yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to in LA.
0: You did a little bit of that with like a food op here, right? Young, a younger.
1: I did Moms for Moms here in Austin. I which... thought
0: you did something. Was it? Um, what was it? I saw. It, I saw it on your Instagram. Of course, it was <gasps> like organic. Yes.
1: Like- urban roots atx so go. yeah this that's another um volunteer uh what is it organization what is it? Yeah, yeah organization nonprofit yeah non-profit yeah. Org- organization that i worked <laughs> with so
0: the english language man <laughs> yeah
1: um i've yeah i worked with them so that was uh, urban youth is well growing their own food and having their own farmers markets here in Austin. So anything where I'm like connected to teens, especially from lower socioeconomic statuses, I'm really passionate about that and drawn mm-hmm. to that. So I'm really looking forward to that in L.A.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got your your apothecary line. Yes. How is that evolving? Folie, which Folie. is Folie. I love that name. French for
1: madness. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, so it's a all natural skincare and hair care line. And I have had the pleasure of collaborating with amazing queens and creatives like Solange Knowles. She's a badass. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be continuing to do that and maybe I'll start another business that's a little Mm. less hands-on, but we'll see. I'm kind of like playing it by ear. I don't have, uh, like set plans. So they're very, they're very fluid, my plans. And I also plan on making more videos that have to do with my experience With mental health and just relationships with women, with men, but having a comedic spin on it. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. So, because that's like one of my fears is to like show that comedic side more.
0: So, like you mean show it to more people Yeah, like public. I see it. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Not not like the people that are in my vicinity, but okay. more to like on a broader scale where it's on the internet forever.
0: Why does that scare you? Because why the comedic side of you?
1: Oh, because you if you're not to, funny But you then people are gonna so let you much. know. <laughs>
0: You exp- you you are one of the most transparent, not just on social media, but in real life. That's yeah. how you are, and you're transparent about things that we won't even talk about, you know, with to our families. Yeah. you know, so like, it, I think it's in, um, it's surprising that you'll talk about ADHD, for example, <laughs> or some past trauma or why you got divorced yeah. but you don't want to be funny. <laughs> well, okay, see, I
1: want to put a funny twist on that. I guess because funny is more of a talent
0: thing. Okay.
1: So there's where I'm I'm harder on
0: myself
1: and I judge myself more when it comes to talent rather than me just sharing mm-hmm. like my personal business.
0: So it's kind of a competitive thing. Not necessarily like uh-huh. you're competing against other people, but you feel a need to be successful when it comes to comedy. Whereas when you're sharing your life story, yeah. that's more just like, that's who you are. Yeah. That's what you do.
1: I guess it's, I, yeah, it's something like that. It's just being accepted. Okay. Because com- comedy, comedy,
0: <laughs> is a huge,
1: <laughs> is a huge. Um, part of me that usually if you just, if you meet me in person, you only get to experience. And I have not, I've shared it off and on, on social media, but not nearly as much as I want to. So that's definitely a fear. It's just a fear of having regrets.
0: Mm. You
1: know, I want to, I want to leave this earth empty. Like I've emptied myself of everything that. Every gift that I have. And again, that's like, to me, part of my purpose.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I That gives me goosebumps. And <laughs> I I feel that way, but I've never been able to say it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'll just say, I just did a hundred things and so I'm crazy. You know, <laughs> yeah. but I should have just said, man, I just wanted my, my tank, you know, yeah. gone, like depleted. Yeah. And I think that's a really... It's a very romantic way to say it. It is. I'm a romantic. Me too. I I'm appreciate, a lover. I appreciate it so much. And I'm a fighter. I think fighter. it takes so much vulnerability <laughs> to be that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <sighs>
0: if you're a lover, you got to be a fighter. I don't think one can live without the other. I don't that. see why people got to choose.
1: But you're right about that.
0: That's just my opinion. <laughs> but when it comes to all of this, I I've said this before. I just am so amazed at how completely shameless and unapologetic you are like, like you have nothing to be sorry for. I -hmm. mean, you really don't, but you know, you don't. Yeah. And that is so rare. How did you, I don't feel like you came out that way. Like you weren't a baby like, Oh, I'm shameless. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So where, where did that come from? How did you develop that?
1: I honestly, I think I did come out that way. Um, my, my father hasn't been in my life, but around 27, I got a weird call from him. Um, and he was able to shed some light on how I was the first three years of being around him, Mm. which is very eye opening for me. He said, I always told it how it was. Mm. If I didn't like something, I'd let people know, nope, I don't like that. This is how I want it. This is how it's going to be. I think over the years, um, of being abused and traumatized and bullied, that I became shy, and I developed a low self-esteem. So it took away from who I already naturally was. So once I realized that it was early childhood trauma and abuse that destroyed that beautiful side of me, I just just like a muscle, I just did things to exercise working on bringing that that young girl, that real authentic personality that I I was born with back. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it was always there. And it's unfortunate if we get abused or experience trauma, we put up walls and we hide things and we, we develop um, insecurities. So I think it's about just getting back to that young girl that young person that's inside of you, and that's what I've been doing. I've been doing it through blogging. Um, every time I do, uh, I'm, I'm loss for words. Somebody needs sleep. Uh, <laughs> when I do, when I talk at conferences, every oh, time I share, a, yeah, yeah, when I speak on panels, um, every time I speak to people, mm-hmm. it's exercising that muscle of who I who I was when I was younger before. All the horrible shit happened to mm-hmm. me, you know
0: yeah that's that's really neat that you can tap into that mm-hmm. it's kinda like you're going you're going back to your infant years when you didn't even know what was good, what was bad mm-hmm. what was right, what was wrong, you just were you yeah know? exactly yeah that's that's pretty pretty awesome um so how do you deal with that in the industry you work in because I feel like it's so easy to judge yourself and to criticize yourself and to just be so self-involved when you're in entertainment or social media or a space where you're constantly sharing about yourself, you know? Yeah. So how do you navigate being authentic, being so infant, so to speak, infant-like um, in a space that's like just not? you know.
1: Yeah, that's the hard part. I think who's in your life is super important because there are times where you do want to come succumb to the pressures of how the industry is and kind of you want to fit into a mold so nobody bashes you or trolls you and says anything crazy. But I'm always constantly reminding myself that in order for me to fulfill my purpose, It's only going to happen if I stay authentic and I stay true to myself. And people like you, um, my other friends, my therapist, (laughs) all help me to stay authentic when I feel like straying off that path Mm -hmm. of like, well, what did I I do? Maybe I should do this. And it's just like, no, you know, if I'm not hurting anybody and I'm not hurting myself, then I just need to be myself Mm -hmm. and that's it. And, I I have told myself and reminded myself till this day and over the years that you have to be you and there's going to be people that don't like it. So when you accept that there are going to be people that don't like it and not everyone's going to like you, it becomes really easy. So that's how I'm able to share stuff because I'm like, I don't care. Like this is for the people that need it, Um, the people that who have had similar experiences to me. It's not for the people that are trolling my accounts or being nasty and negative and judgmental. And I also focus on the positive impact and influence that I have more than focusing on the negative. And it is. It's easier said than done. But again, it's like a muscle. You keep doing it. It just gets easier over time. I think that's what comes – that's the graceful thing about aging is – Really, as time goes on, you don't give a fuck like as you get older, <laughs>
0: yeah
1: you it's a muscle, but it's something you you have to work on it. it's not gonna just appear,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, like, i'm not there yet <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm i i'm still I'm, I'm still
1: you know it's an everyday thing, I still have a ways to go till the yeah. day I die, I'll be working on stuff.
0: I've seen you engage, too, though, with people who troll or just write nasty stuff. Oh. And you're not afraid. Some people, they delete it or they ignore it or they, you know, write a smiley <laughs> face. But you're not afraid to be like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You know? And and so what about that? Can you speak to that?
1: Well, I think you and I are very alike in that where we don't back down from a debate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I believe in something then I believe in it wholeheartedly. Um, And I don't mind, you know, sometimes the people that follow me, they teach me something, you know, and sometimes I have to be like, you know what, yeah, that was, I didn't think about that side of things and maybe I am being closed-minded. So that's how I treat it. I treat it as though I'm a human being. Um, And I think that that's kind of like one of the downfalls to social media is it's given everyone a platform to rip people apart and we've become desensitized and it's just like you have to remind yourself these are all human beings yeah it's so easy to rip somebody apart from behind a screen um and and forget that they're human beings so i approach it from that like if i'm wrong or if i'm being close-minded i'm like you know what i don't mind telling that person that's making that comment will thank you for sharing that view. I never thought of it that way. Like I was wrong. So yeah, it's coming from that space. To me, I'm I'm very humble. So like I know how to humble myself and be like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I need to change the way I I think about that or like I need to grow more in that area. So yeah, Yeah, and if I'm really passionate about something and I just think you're wrong, like, dead wrong, after I've gone through the whole, like, am I wrong? Am I being close-minded, one-sided? You know, am I projecting? If it's all no's, then we're going to go debate. Only if I have time, no.
0: (laughs) Only if I have time. Yeah, speaking of which, don't you have a kid? Yes, (laughs) Yes, I <laughs> Amidst all of this, <laughs> you have a child who is not 18 yet. Yeah. He, I know you mentioned that at the beginning, but yeah. I feel like it's easy to forget when you hear that you just got divorced, you're moving to LA, you have a huge social media presence, you have an apothecary line, you're thinking about starting another business. Oh, and you have 500 other projects going on, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so let's just remind the audience that this powerful woman has a 17 year old son who she raised and yeah is still raising yeah so how did you do that how did you manage that not even how what was it like because I mean honestly I think the how is almost unimportant like how does anyone do anything (laughs) yeah you know I think it's probably different for everyone but but yeah what did that feel like Um, I mean, I imagine that was not easy, you know?
1: Yeah. So I had him when I was, I got pregnant at 16, had Jaden when I was 17.
0: Ooh,
1: (laughs) it was one of the hardest things. Put it this way. He's been my birth control. Mm -hmm. I haven't had any other children because he also has ADHD and because his father hasn't been in his life. It's been really difficult. And I also have ADHD. So two people with ADHD is like a recipe for disaster. Literally just taking it day to day, screaming, fighting, having breakdowns, you know, talking to friends, talking to a therapist, Um, and at one point, you know, praying, you know, I was a hardcore Christian for a couple of years, um, a little bit before my marriage ended, so all those things have helped me get through it. And sometimes when I look back, I'm like, I don't know. I some higher power because there were so many days where I wanted to run away. I was like, this is too hard. And thank goodness at the time when I when I met my um, ex-husband, he did an incredible job at helping me co-parent for like, Seven, seven, eight years, which was incredible. He was a great father figure for Jaden. And I'll never be able to thank him enough for that. So that's, and my mom, she helped co parent too. That was a little crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just literally day to day and admitting to my son when I've made mistakes and telling him sorry and asking for forgiveness. Because there were a lot of mistakes. We grew up together, you know. I was still very young when I had him, um. So yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's well said. I appreciate your transparency. You uh, you mentioned faith a couple times. Mm-hmm. So you used to be Christian, mm-hmm. pretty devoted, right? Like you were pretty hardcore.
1: The next choice, Myers. That's right.
0: <laughs> True. <laughs> then you changed. Yeah. And, uh, and so what changed?
1: Well, during my marriage, my ex-husband and I, we started researching scientific facts about the Bible and whether it's real or not. We found a lot of things that went against it. So my world got shaken up because, or shooken up, because that was my foundation. You know, your faith, if you you have faith in, in some type of belief system, You build your whole life on top of that. So that's pretty much what my marriage Mm. and all the years of being in Austin were built on. And that being shaken up scared the shit out of me. Shooketh. Shooketh. So shooketh. (laughs) I was joking, but yeah. Can we just say (laughs) (laughs) shooketh? I was so shooketh. Um, Because now I I didn't have this... God this book telling me exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. So I was just very lost. Um, now I'm at the point where I still believe that Christianity is still uh, the main source of where I guess like foundational truths for me as far as like how to treat people and
0: morality. yeah
1: morality exactly um, and that there is a there is a higher power. Which um, has to do with your purpose because I just can't believe that all of us are walking around here without a purpose. Mm-hmm. I meet too many amazing people with so many gifts. And when we meet, it, it's not a coincidence. I just, I, it's just some higher power. So that's kind of where I'm at with my faith.
0: We're not that complex. Exactly. <laughs> we can't be that into Exactly. Right We're just humans.
1: But out, being in this space has, I used to be very judgmental as a hardcore Christian and being in this space has allowed me to like just let go of those judgments like that was a shitty place to be. And it's also allowed me to get back to who I was because I started, you know, doing things more, be dress more humble, act more humble, do this like super Christian cookie cutter, which I have broken away from. And it feels good because I feel free because I'm like no longer judging myself so harshly and I'm not judging other people harshly according to a, a book.
0: Right. So yeah. definitely yeah, it, more beautiful almost, place to be in. Uh-huh. It almost gave you some freedom to be mm. more intrinsically s- you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, girl. I kind of want to talk more about the culture around it. Yeah. So I feel like there's a big misconception about Um, mental health but especially adhd and add like people think it's either not that big of a deal everyone has it so it can't be real um it's an it's a well it is highly misdiagnosed that is statistically true Mm -hmm. but therefore people think that everyone's misdiagnosed Mm -hmm. you know so no one could have this um so I just feel like there are all these question marks and all of these like statements people are making, but they don't really have the right, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so, as someone who has it, how do you navigate that?
1: And someone who has dated people that have it, and also my son has it, and pretty much all my family members have it because it is genetic. Um, and they're still learning more about ADHD. So, you know, it could be environmental, could be from in the womb, plus genetics, all these different things, food, I don't know. I agree with everything you said. I, every time I have a conversation about ADHD, it is always like, oh, that's not real. That's just a label or uh, it's not that serious or everyone has it. I think unless you have it or unless you've raised someone that has it, that you should shut your mouth (laughs) Um, for real, because it's like telling somebody, you know, that's on maybe on a spectrum of autism, that's highly functioning about themselves and that it's not that serious. And it is serious. Like there are so many research statistics that it affects your marriages. It affects your jobs. There's so many People that have ADHD, most people that are locked up in jail have ADHD. That tells you a lot. Um, People with ADHD have kids at younger ages. They have more kids. People with ADHD are in the creative space most of the time just because the way our minds work. So a lot of us are creatives, artists. Um, Because we love to do multiple things at once. It's just how our brain works. And also there's a huge stigma that if you have ADHD, you're not capable and that you're stupid. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Because if people researched, ADHD people are some of the most intelligent people in the world. It's just more about focus um, and, and hyperactivity. Like your mind just being a million places at once. And if you're not interested in something, then your frontal the frontal lobe of your brain isn't lit up which means it can't focus. So a person with a neurotypical brain, quote unquote a normal brain, you know, your frontal cortex gets gets lit up more than someone with ADHD, so it's easier for you to focus than someone that has ADHD. For someone that has ADHD like myself, we have to be interested in it for us to focus. Mm. If we're not interested, And what we're doing or what we're listening to or what we're seeing, our mind is going to go a million places at once, no matter how much we try to control it. Um, And a lot of us have sleeping disorders, like I am an insomniac. A lot of us deal with anxiety. A lot of us have OCD issues. It's all connected. So ADHD is real. It affects marriages. People with ADHD have a 90-something percent divorce rate. Because we're looking for stimulation all the time. And a lot of us are also adrenaline junkies. So a lot of us play extreme sports. Mm -hmm. It all has to do with how our brain works. So it's just admitting that and knowing that it's serious is important for kids as they're growing up. So you know how they learn and how to bring out the best in them. So they don't end up locked up or in jail or kicked out of school and in a gang, and it's important for adults like me to know because I'm not the greatest manager. So that means I have to hire someone to manage my stuff. I'm not the greatest at doing a bunch of things in one day because it exacerbates my anxiety that I also deal with, which I said a lot of people with ADHD deal with. So just knowing that helps so much. Mm -hmm. But to deny that, it's not... It's not fair, it's not right, and it's it's not true at all. Just as someone that was also a teacher for a few years, I have seen the difference between kids that have ADHD and don't have ADHD. And also my husband didn't have ADHD, you know, and he lived with two me and Jaden that had ADHD. It's a totally different mindset and the way our mind works. So if people aren't accepting of that, then that means they're gonna have expectations of someone that has ADHD that we're not going to be able to fulfill. Mm-hmm. And that is not fair, mm-hmm. you know, because they wouldn't do that with someone else that has a disorder or a disability. So I, that's, that's all I have to say about ADHD. <laughs> that was really well said.
0: <laughs> you, so you are really good at taking care of yourself. You recognize, you first are able to recognize who you are. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to say what's wrong with you because I don't think anything's wrong with you. I just think you're you. Yeah. So you're able to look at that. Then you're able to analyze it and then you're able to remedy what needs to be remedied or to navigate what what needs to be navigated. So I'm saying all that to say it sounds like you're pretty good at taking care of yourself. Yeah. And only in recent years though. Okay. That's fair. (laughs) Yeah. But you let us know a couple of those things, like you don't put too much on your plate. Mm-hmm. You help, you get someone to manage your stuff. So you have, it sounds like you have a good support system. Yeah. Can you list a few other things, maybe like your top three go-tos that you rely on for, I guess we'll call it self-care. Yes. Self-care
1: should be every day. And for me, it starts with boundaries. That's like a huge thing is knowing what your boundaries are. So that includes how much you put on your plate, we are in charge of what we put on our plate. So if you're feeling anxiety ridden, and you have way too much to do, then you need to take some stuff off your plate like you have to for your well being. And also just to be purposeful, you know, because a lot of us are running around like chickens with our heads cut off, not getting much done, but doing everything, if you get what I'm saying. So um, one of those things is, yeah, making sure I control what's on my plate. And the good thing about that is that I became a business entrepreneur, which means that I create my own schedule. So if I'm doing collaboration, it's um, being very vocal with the time that I have with the people that I'm working with. And also creating lists. Lists always help me. I put it in my phone. All the things I need to get done, I prioritize. Uh, the things that need to get done, like right now, today, go at the top. The other things go at the bottom. And I literally just check it off. And that helps keep things in the forefront of my mind. Because the more activities I have going on in my life, the more forgetful I am. That's a common symptom of people with ADHD. Like, we have too much going on. We're going to forget shit. So lists, timers. Oh, my gosh. Timers. Jaden's like, you got to pick me up at 315, Mom. Immediately, I'm putting a timer on or, like, what is that notification? An alarm? Yeah, an alarm or reminder alarm for 315 or whatever. Um, and then getting my other stuff on my list done because I know I'm going to forget it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just how my brain works. And I'm trying to think of a third thing that helps me. Caffeine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can say that. Well, you know, I haven't had caffeine actually in a couple of months. But, I didn't know that. Um, caffeine definitely helps. Uh especially like if it's black coffee, helps people with ADHD focus, mm-hmm. like like literally laser focus and having it quiet. Some people with ADHD, they'll love like music and stuff while they're doing things. I'm not that one. I Peace and quiet and my surroundings are very important for like me staying organized and how I get done. So I love a minimal space with lots of light and definitely not a lot of like stuff hoarding kind of situation going on. It helps keep my mind clear.
0: Yeah, it's a reflection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, What about, I mean, you specialize in health and wellness, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say, you know, you might have drawn a lot of it from, you know, like traditional medicine, Uh but I feel like you have a modern take. What would you say... Are your because I know people want to know because you're beautiful. Uh, Thank you. What are your health, wellness, beauty secrets? This is like such a basic question. No, I'm not basic. I promise. I'm just asking a question that I know everyone will want to ask you. Girl, how'd you get your skin like that? Get get them treasures, girl. Get them (laughs)
1: treasures. Well, actually, right now my skin's acting up because I was on birth control for two decades which makes your hormones go super crazy. And
0: you recently got off.
1: I got off in September, but now my skin around my chin is acting up, which my holistic doctor is helping to um, level out my hormones again right now. So I'm looking forward to that, but definitely sleep. Sleep is important. Sleep between specific hours is super important. I really feel bad for people who work overnight. You know how that is. It screws up your body so bad because I think between the hours of like 11 p.m. and 6 a.m. is the first half like your brain, your body's working for your brain to heal and rest and then the other half your body's just working for your body to heal and rest. So if you're not sleeping between those hours or that sleep gets broken up because you're waking up in the middle of the night, you're not healing. So you're waking up, maybe you're you have brain fog, or your skin is acting up, or your hormones are out of whack, or you're just in a weird mood. And feeling fatigued all the time. That's definitely has to do with sleep. Laughing all the time, I swear, keeps you young and beautiful. (laughs) Because I'm Laughter is so healing. I make sure that I laugh every day, whether it's at myself, at somebody else. I'm not making fun of someone, but them making me laugh by saying something funny. Or, um, yeah, just enjoying life, making sure I laugh every day. It's been so healing. Like a lot of the time, that's been my therapy. Definitely eating right, focusing mostly on vegetables, you know, no juices. If I do do a juice or a smoothie, it's veggies. And fruits drinking water all day long, every day, exercising, make sure I'm exercising at least three to four times a week. Um, dancing, which I love to do. And I'm trying to think what else, yeah. Th- those That's are my a lot. yeah, the- <laughs> I have a That's lot. Nice I could go through a whole supplement list, but honestly, those are the basics is eating. You know, try to get as much vegetables and water in your body as possible. Make sure you're exercising. Make sure that you're happy because stress does so much damage.
0: When you look in the mirror and you look at your skin, how do you see it?
1: Ooh, no one's ever asked me that before. Do you mean like just physically?
0: You can answer it however you want. And then if it's not going in the direction that I was thinking of, I'll ask it more directly.
1: Maybe you should ask it more directly. Okay. (laughs) So when you
0: look at the color of your skin, okay. what do you see?
1: I see a black queen. Okay. And
0: I'm asking that because your mom is white, correct? Yes, yes. And so I'm asking that because... I think it's so important to talk about. And yes, I don't think is. that we talk about it. And I don't know if mixed people always get that space to talk about it. Yeah. You know? And I I think that being biracial is a subset of being black. Yeah. And, um, I mean, a lot of the experiences are shared. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are different, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still like a subcategory. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's still in that circle. Yeah. And so... I'm asking that because I think it's important for people like you to be role models and to speak about identity um, racially, you know? Yeah. And so you see yourself as a black queen.
1: Yes. Define that. (laughs) Okay. So for me, my mom has always instilled um, being proud of being black and – I know I'm biracial. I would never de- deny my mom. My mom knows, though, that when I go out into the world, I'm not looked at as a white woman. I And for most of us, we're we're ambiguous looking. We can be Middle Eastern. We could be Hispanic. We could be light-skinned black, you know. But the reason why I, I, I don't identify just like, yeah, white or really biracial is it's just how how I've been treated since I've grown up I grew up around black and Hispanics so that's like what I identify with and it's just like when you have black and you like how could you not be proud of that like I'm just so proud of that my mom helped me be proud of that and she doesn't mind that I identify as a black woman so I guess having that support, um, just, yeah, makes me unapologetic about it. I mean, how do we look at Barack, you know, uh-huh. and Holly Berry as, as black Kings and Queens. So that's how I view myself. And I have a black son too. So, you know, and maybe part of it is cause I think black people are the underdog and I'm always like rooting for the underdog too. Like, yeah. I feel like, Black people get shit on so much from around the world. Yeah. So that's all a part of it. Yeah. But yeah, my hair is kinkier. I have a black woman's body, you know, (laughs) Um, and I grew up in black culture. I love my Jamaican heritage from the food to the dancing to the patois and just the country. I think black people are beautiful that's what i identify with if a biracial person didn't identify it wouldn't it wouldn't bother me as long as they're just you know respectful mm-hmm. of the other cultural sides or ethnicities that they have within them and i do i love my british and my scottish side i i still explore that but i don't know maybe it has something like i said to do with what black people have gone through through history that just makes me that more prideful and attached to my black culture, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and how people treat me. I don't get treated like a white woman or biracial, but it does. It gets tricky because sometimes you ain't black enough. Right. You definitely ain't white enough. Right. You ain't this enough, so it can be tricky.
0: And to just to to be told you're not enough in any of those spaces Yeah. It can feel so crappy and there
1: there is a, there's a privilege that comes with being lighter skin right because through research and through history we know people gravitate to people that look like them so by default if you're biracial and you're lighter skin and your hair is got a looser curl pattern or wave or straight hair you're going to have certain privileges that a darker skin um mixed person or a person that's just full black has and I'm fully aware of that as well. But I mean as a biracial person we also experience racism in different ways, different experiences. So mm-hmm. it's a it's heavy. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that you brought it up. It's heavy.
0: Thank you for sharing.
1: <laughs> You're welcome.
0: All right, I got two more questions for you and then we're gonna wrap it up. Okay. If you had Thirty seconds on a stage in front of um, oh, a million people to to share a piece of knowledge that's close to your heart. Okay, what would you share? And you got you got thirty seconds. I'm gonna time you. Actually, hold on. Let me get my... Oh shit! You love timers, so let me. I'm giving you <laughs> that. And while I'm getting my time around, I'm giving you a little bit of time to think about it. Okay.
1: Oh, shit. Tell me when you're
0: ready, and I'll I'll press start.
1: Okay, just go so it's authentic. Okay, go. I would speak to my younger self and tell them that it's about boundaries. Boundaries is the biggest self-care. Have boundaries for yourself and other people just so people don't take advantage of you, you don't take advantage of yourself. It all starts with boundaries and not to be scared if people get offended by your boundaries and not to be scared to say no.
0: That was perfect. Good job. 30 seconds and 68 milliseconds. Yeah. Because iPhone has milliseconds. <laughs> what? All right. We're getting slowly, slowly <laughs> less heavy because I know my stuff can get deep. Um, all right. This is my question that I've formed and I really like it. Okay. All right. So, Nikisha doesn't read books like read with her eyes because <laughs> Nikisha is fidgety and physical. And ADHD. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can just say she's ADHD. Um, therefore, she listens to books. So, my question is... What is the most recent, most relevant, and most referred audiobook? So those are three. I want three audiobooks from you, please.
1: Okay. So I can give you one audiobook and two podcasts? Perfect. (laughs) So You Are the Placebo, Making Your Mind Matter by Dr. Joe Dispenza is one of my top books right now because it's scientifically backed um and he actually went through this transformation himself because he got into a horrible accident um him biking and where he like he got hit by a car thrown into the air landed on his back and he became disabled he wasn't able to walk so he used the research that he was doing over the years um to find out that meditation can actually change the genes in your body and change your personality and heal you. So just hearing that, I'm like, yes, like this goes to helping my anxiety, my ADHD, helping his son with his my son with his ADHD. Um, and just helping people that I come in contact with that have like mental health issues, Or just, I don't know, uh, bad bad habits or addictions that they can be broken through meditation and positive thinking. I mean, plus, you know, he went to rehab, physical rehab. I mean, he just wasn't meditating. There's things that...
0: (laughs) Active meditation. Yeah, there's
1: there's things that you have to do actively along with the meditation for um, certain healing aspects, but it's been life-changing for me, so I definitely recommend it. And let's see. For I love listening to podcasts. So hey. my favorite podcasts are. Doo-doo-doo. I'm trying to find it. Um, I have all That's this. That's alright. We'll wait. <laughs> oh, I love David Wolf's podcast. Okay. And I don't know if I'm familiar with that one. I think the other one's called Bulletproof. He's the guy that made Bulletproof Coffee. Yeah, that's another podcast that I love.
0: Oh yeah, I've I've heard a couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good so. One. Those are
1: two of my top because it all has to do like with health and wellness and like uh, body life hacking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So to me, that's all holistic stuff. And then you have like business people that. Do things like getting um, acupuncture massages, like while they're away on speaking conferences, is self care. Like Pete, like top business people, and just to hear what they do for self care and how they take care of themselves is like key to me. I definitely take in those gems from these podcasts. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: that's great. I love that you you embody what you believe in, and and then that flows into what you do, Mm -hmm. you know? You're like a conglomerate.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining me and talking to me and opening up your heart, not just to me, but to the audience. We greatly appreciate it, and we appreciate you and everything that you are and everything that you stand for. So, all of my love, and yeah, Thank you for having me, Riley. You're phenomenal.
1: And thank you for giving women like me a safe space.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. You can connect with us on Instagram at woke beauty or me at Riley Blanks and learn more at wokebeauty.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps a lot. Until next time, have a beautiful day, even if it's not that beautiful.